Well, it is officially beyond a shadow of a doubt, not basketball season. This is Locked on Baylor. You are Locked on Baylor, your daily podcast on the Baylor Bears, part of the Locked on Podcast Network, your team every day. Happy Tuesday, everybody. Welcome to Locked on Baylor. I have a test today from Sports Illustrated's Inside the Bears, and thank you for making Locked on Baylor your first listen every single day. The women's basketball team fell to UConn last night, a final score of 77 to 58, and the Baylor basketball season is over. The men's side, the women's side, both teams going down in the round of 32 and being bounced to the tournament. Um, first, first, this is this is new for me, even. The the idea that Baylor is not playing basketball past March 20th is, number one, a little surprising this year that the women got a tough draw with UConn, and we'll get into that. But on the men's side, being a three seed in the tournament, coming from the best conference in college basketball, where only two teams made it to the Sweet 16, I expected to have not just my social life and my afternoons, my evenings occupied by basketball the next couple of weeks, but shows. Uh, to have like locked on Baylor content through at least the the you know final four weekend, I'm ready to go watch Baylor play in Houston, and I'm ready to go watch the women's team play in in Dallas. And now both of those teams are bounced in the middle of two tournaments on both sides that are full of parity. Like these are these are the two most volatile tournaments tournaments on the women's side. It's the most volatile tournament since I've been born. I was born in 2001. Hopefully that makes you feel young. On the men's side, it's the most volatile tournament that I can remember since since 2016, which was the year that Villanova wins it on the crazy buzzer beater against UNC. And there were, I think, six buzzer beaters that tournament and just a plethora of major upsets. We're in the midst of two of the best tournaments that you can get in March. And Baylor is now a part of neither of them. The Bears have been bounced in both. And and I, I don't want to I don't want to say it's a new era of Baylor basketball by any means, but now two years in a row that you've felt this and it feels a little weird. It, it feels a little empty. But I'll I'll put this out there. So we talked so much about the men yesterday. I'll put this on the women's team from last night. I was as impressed as anyone could be with a seven to seven fifty eight final. And if you didn't watch it, you saw a 19-point loss, and I, I, I get it. Some of you are probably reaching for the button to stop this podcast right now because I'm talking about women's basketball today. Hopefully, that's not you. I, I really hope for, for a whole lot of reasons that that's not you because this Baylor team, if you love Baylor, this Baylor team is what the university is about. Um, there were times, and I, I'm not going to turn this into a comparison game between the men's team and the women's team, but there were times during the men's season where in certain games, you know, they, they would lose by 25. Do you think does this team like what's going on? Where's the effort? Uh, the UCSB game where Baylor was down by one at halftime. There was a comment after the game. I don't know if it was Maven Flagler or Keontae one had said that the difference in, in the second half was effort. That Baylor came out and had a completely different effort in the second half. And that's why the Bears ultimately beat UCSB in round one. And there were there were times like the, the players are saying that it's not me saying that there was an effort issue for Baylor. The players are saying that effort was an issue at times for the team this year on the men's side. The women's side? I, I don't know. I, I really hope you watched that game. I don't know how much you watched of Baylor women's basketball this year, but the effort wasn't a question. The, the talent, the talent, the youth, 
at times. That's what the question mark was. Baylor is still a year or two away from having the Nikki Collin roster that's going to compete with teams like UConn, a roster that's going to compete for Final Fours. But there was still that hope because of the effort that this team puts in and the way they play for Nikki Collin. Those that are out there that are big, um, that are big against Nikki Collin, the anti-Nikki Collin train. I want to I want to bring this point up. The the Notre Dame women's basketball team just, I mean, Muffet McGraw, they started tanking at the end of her career. Like it's tough to sustain success in any sport. The Tennessee women's basketball team, Pat Summit, when she leaves that job, what happened at Tennessee? They were not irrelevant, but almost close to it for almost a decade following Pat Summit. When a legend leaves a school especially when it's not retirement, but it's going to a different job. That effect that it has on the player's psyche, on the fan base, on the next coach that comes in is huge. And I don't think Mac Rhodes made a, a bad decision at all. I, I, don't wanna, I don't want my next statement to be misconstrued for that. I do think Mac Rhodes made a decision that is for longevity, that is for the future. Knowing that the first couple of years for Nikki Collin were going to be really hard. She's never been a head college basketball coach at, at any school, and now she steps up to do it at Baylor, which is the pinnacle, one of the top three, top four Mount Rushmore programs in this sport. She walks in day one to that and has to lead that and has to follow up Kim Mulkey, who wasn't just a legend, but is also a controversial legend. Guess who's not controversial? Nikki Collin, she fits what Baylor is. The players, the effort, the way this team plays fits to me what Baylor is. I have walked away from so many men's basketball games this season. Again, I, I don't want to turn it to comparison, but I've walked away from so many men's basketball games and thought, where was it? Where was the spark? Where was the difference? Where was the heart? I, I did. I truly questioned that at times. And I'm not in the locker room. I'm just judging this by press conferences, looks on faces, the way the guys played. I'm not in the locker room. But I'll tell you this. I'm also not in the women's locker room. But what I see when that team's on the court embodies what Baylor is. It embodies why I went to Baylor University. This team losing to UConn, a loaded UConn team, in the round of 32, who probably shouldn't have been a two-seed, by the way, in the round of 32 is something that I, 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 like I'm still so proud. I walked away from watching this game and thought, dang, Baylor's in a good spot, man. I like Nikki Collin. I like little Paige Bucks. I, I like the team, the roster, the youth that's here. Those who still have eligibility and plan to come back next year for this squad that will continue to build this program. And I, I can't wait to turn the TV back on or, or turn it back on next year. Watch Bella Fonelroy ball out. I can't wait to turn the TV on next year and see Little Page Bugs ball out. Sarah Andrews, Jaden Owens. I mean, these players are coming back. And what I can wait for, what I'm not excited for, is the loss of Caitlin Bickle. Before I get sad, today's show is brought to you by FanDuel. FanDuel is the place to go. The place to go for all your sports betting needs. It's the number one sports book in America. And right now, you can have a no-sweat bet up to $1,000. I personally cannot award you $1,000 cash. I cannot. No, nope. my bank account will not allow for that. But FanDuel will effectively do that for you. Mm -hmm. 
if your bet loses, they'll give you a thousand dollars in bonus bets. Meaning if you put a thousand dollars on say Kansas state plus two against Michigan state later this week, and then Kansas state loses that game by three, you get a thousand dollars in free bets from FanDuel because that's what they do. They're just kind people. Um, that's a bonus bet back. Uh-huh. FanDuel Sportsbook app. It's safe. It's secure. It's easy to use. Go download it. You can see money lines. You can see spreads, point totals, rebounds, assists for individual players. There's the two by three, which is two three-pointers scored in the first three minutes of any NBA game. Plus, FanDuel lets you combine bets and parlay them with same game parlays for bigger playouts, payouts, all that jazz. No sweat first bet up to $1,000 in bonus bets at FanDuel.com forward slash locked on. FanDuel.com forward slash locked on. Make every moment more with FanDuel. Trust me on this one. Download the FanDuel app and see what happens. I be honest with you. There was a point in time where I remember thinking, you know, Caitlin Bickle's really good at basketball, 2018, 2019 national championship team. Caitlin Bickle's really good at basketball. I wonder what the, the trajectory of her career is going to be. I wonder if, how well does she fit this Kim Mulkey system? She's only at 5.8 minutes per game, her freshman year, uh, two points and one rebound. So, okay. Where, where, what's next? You know, she's got to replace these Kalani Brown types and, and these Lauren Cox types where you're like, okay, those are two all Americans, the best of their craft. How is Caitlin Bickle going to step into roles like that and, and contribute to this team in a big way? And no questions asked. She did it better than I could have ever expected. Probably anybody could have expected and I don't want that to be a slight at Caitlin at all. Just wherever the expectation got in full stride and said, watch me go. Five years given to Baylor University. She averaged six minutes her first year, nine minutes her second year, 14 minutes her third year, then 23. And then this season, she played almost 30 minutes per game, averaging double digits, seven rebounds, three assists, a steal. She was the the she was the glue girl. She was the Mark Vital. She to me was and has been and still is Baylor women's basketball. To watch a game without Caitlin Bickle is going to be different. Very different. You think about the legends that have come through this program, your Brittany Grinders, your Odyssey Sims, who have made their impact on what Baylor women's basketball has done in the last two decades. And Caitlin has made a case for her name, her face, despite not being an All-American, to be on the Mount Rushmore of what Baylor women's basketball has done. Because what Baylor women's basketball has been in the last five years, to me, can't go without Caitlin Bickle's name being in the fat middle of it. She is, for all intents and purposes, a rock star in everything that she does. The way she represents the university, how active she is on campus, how active she is on social media. I don't think, I really don't think there's another player who is as vocal, active, supportive of other programs and people, general people on Twitter or on Instagram or anywhere than Caitlin Bickle. She is what the Baylor community is about. We are not just losing another women's basketball player. We are not just losing another athlete. We are losing one of the best ambassadors that Baylor has on campus in Caitlin Bickle. 
there has not been a player. I, I really don't think there's been a player that I've spent an entire segment on this season or, or throughout the, the duration of Locked On, which, by the way, today is the one-year anniversary of the Locked On Baylor podcast being revived. I don't think there's a player that I've spent an entire segment on. Caitlin Bickle deserves that. She deserves a lot. I'm, I don't want it to seem overblown by saying, like, okay, let me be honest. We could retire Caitlin Bickle's jersey. No, 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 I know, I know. A few of you are going, okay, that's insane. You're insane. I get it. But also, she did wear 51, one of the most obscure basketball jerseys that exists. So if you retire 51, I don't think very many prospects would come in and be like, oh, shoot, I can't wear 51. She has just been that. She was one of the most vocal, if not the most vocal, when Nikki Collin came in to support Coach Collin, not over Kim Mulkey, not, not in replacement of Kim Mulkey, but just to support Nikki Collin for who she was. You needed players like Nalissa Smith who stepped up and said, hey, I, I'm really proud of Nikki Collin. I'm proud of being a Baylor Bear. And Queen Egbo, who did the same thing. And Caitlin Bickle was in the forefront of that. And when she didn't have to come back, like, look, guys, let, let's be completely honest right here. I, I have a sister who plays softball. She's the number 42 softball player in America. She's a freshman making a softball. She's a sophomore right now in high school. She will never, odds are, as good as she is, she's a four, five-star prospect, will probably never make a dime off the sport. Will probably never make a dime off the game of softball. And if she was a boy, if she was a boy in the exact same spot, she'd be set up for millions. Understood that every day when she goes to the practice facility, that her tuition is paid for, that her life is paid for, that this practice, she's getting thousands of dollars for hitting these hitting these balls in the cage because her practice is going to equate to a major league contract. As a girl, it's not like that. It doesn't exist like that. The countless hours that Caitlin Bickle spent in the gym, the decision to come back to Baylor for an extra year, play for Nikki Collin, and be a staple of this team was a decision that was so selfless that we, the general fan, the media, we don't pay enough attention to the fact that these women aren't getting any, any of the monetary value they deserve off the effort they put in compared to the guys who do the exact same thing, literally the same thing, the exact same thing. They don't get a dime of that, but they still do it. She still did it for Baylor and in a Baylor jersey. And that, to me, is what this whole university is about. It's not NIL. She is... It's, it's like the Jalen Petries. It's not NIL. It's the ones who stay because they love Baylor. Because Baylor to them is more than just this athletics program. Baylor to them is more than just this team. It's, it's something so much deeper. Even at, Look, even in the bad times, Caitlin Bickle saw some rough stuff, saw some bad losses this year. She saw some tough times under Kim Mulkey. But she toughed it out for the love of a school. That's big. There are not a lot of them that do that on either side, the men's or the women's. But when someone like Caitlin Bickle does it, knowing that staying at Baylor won't equate to a cent for her, aside from the NIL deals, the, the sparing NIL deals that Baylor athletes are given, that just that shows me so much heart. And I, I want to point out the sect of Twitter, the sect of Baylor social media that I obviously um, – follow along with that is so supportive of Caitlin Bickle, the ones who are so vocal about Caitlin Bickle and how sad it is that she won't be uh, in a Baylor jersey again. To those people, I, I want to say thank you because I, I don't know. I I'm positive, actually. I do know. I'm positive that not enough people realize what she's given to this university as an ambassador for the university, not just on the basketball floor, but outside of that as well. I don't think enough people give it recognition to those that do. Thank you. And you know what? You'll know who you are if Caitlin Bickle has tweeted back at you or retweeted your tweet. She's just like that, man. 
She's just like that. If you go out there and say something good about her or bad about her, like she sees that stuff because she is an active participating member of the Baylor community in every way. And there are very few athletes that are like that. So this is it. I mean, this is my eight minute segment that just all goes out to what Caitlin Bickle did in the last five years at Baylor needs to be remembered for a long time. She did not average 20 points per game. She did not average 12 rebounds per game. She was not an all American. She was a Baylor bear in the, the literal deepest definition of that term. And that cannot, that cannot go overlooked. Like we, we, if we're going to build a statue, hers is up there for me. Hers is up there for me. And again, I, you can call me crazy because she never averaged. She was never a first team all American or national player of the year, but she meet to me, she means as much to Baylor women's basketball as any other player who has stepped on the court to Baylor women's basketball in the last 20 years. She was that to this program. If you want, if you disagree with that, tell me why. And I will, I will fight for that point. I will fight for that point because I truly believe she means that much to this school. I also believe that I love Bill Barr. And it is Bill Barr's March Madness thing. The Bill Barr Madness. Bill Barr Madness right now. You can go bet. Uh, you can go bet. Well, you can't. I mean, you can bet on FanDuel, but probably not for this. And that is the bar or the puff that's going to win the March Madness built bar bracket. That is right. There right now at BuiltMarchMadness.com is a bracket where you can vote for your favorite flavor of Built Bar. Mine is the Coconut Almond. If you want the Coconut Almond to win, vote for that bar. Support your team. Support Built Bar. Support the Puffs. One in 50 of you, or no, 50 of you, will get one box free. One box free of Built. And one lucky locked on fan will have a 12-month subscription to Built. Have Built Bar's best puffs or bars delivered monthly straight to your door. You got to try Built, by the way. It's the best protein bar ever. Seriously, they've got them at Walmart. They've got them at Sam's. Built is so good. 100% real chocolate. Real chocolate, low calories, high protein. Right now, run to BuiltMarchMadness.com to vote for your favorite bar or puff. Pick up a box while you're there. You can vote every day in March. So hop in, support your pick. All right, Nikki Collin. I know it's a disappointing way to go out this year, but I could not be more proud of you and this program. Take it away. If we could have ended the game at 25 minutes in, um, I, I think it was a, a, a really, really good battle. Um, contrasting styles and similar at the same time. Um, you know, obviously they won the battle of the paint. You know, I thought when um, Aliyah Edwards picked up her fourth foul that that would be a momentum changer for us. Um, and um, ironically, it, it was the opposite. Um, Aubrey Griffin came in and, and to me was the difference maker for them. And it just goes to show you that it's not always about who scores all the points. And, um, but the extra possessions she created, the energy she created in transition, uh, the way she was flying around, like she just changed the energy for that whole team. Um, and, and obviously AZ Fudd like, looked like the AZ we were watching in, in November before she got hurt. Um, she was making her pull-ups. She was getting all the way to the basket. Um, you know, she was obviously an All-American type player today. Um, but I thought it was, it was Griffin's energy that just changed, that really changed the game. We will now take questions for the student-athletes only. Um, if time allows, we'll follow up with any virtual questions uh, for, the, for the Infolk people. Please allow for the microphone to be handed to you to ask your question, identify yourself and your affiliation. Jerry Hill, Baylor Bear Insider. Jaden, can you talk about that first quarter and just kind of what got you guys going? Uh, Y'all were obviously making some three-pointers. 
Um, I think it's just we went out, we knew our game plan, and I think we executed it. In the first quarter, we were playing together, and we were doing what we do best and getting in the paint touches, getting just pushing the ball up the floor and just playing together. Uh, for either of you, um, what did you feel was like the difference? Can you please the, state your name oh, and sorry. your affiliation? Alexa Thank Philippu, you. ESPN. Um, what did you feel like ended up being the difference in the game? Did you agree with Coach that it was like Aubrey Griffin, easy FUD getting shots off, or how did you feel the game shift as it went on? Um, I think, honestly, a lot, a lot of it was turnovers. A lot of it, there was uh, some times where they went on runs, where they got fast breaks, and, and that was one of the things that we didn't want. Um, like she said, offensive rebounding, they, they got some chances where it was wide open threes for them. Um, yeah, there was just some miss, missed assignments from us that, that we went over and, and we just weren't as locked in as we needed to be on some of those. Um, and they were hitting shots. You know, they're, they're a great team. And, and when they got their open shots, they were making them. Pat Eaton, Rob, from the Associated Press. Jaden. Can you talk about your three-point shooting as a, as a team, uh, 14 against Alabama, 12, 12 today, and was that kind of the game plan going in? You knew you, that they had the advantage inside? Um, I mean, we have great shooters on the team. I feel like everybody can shoot the three. So I want to say exactly that's our game plan. Our game plan was just kind of to get our paint touches and just execute whatever play that is that Coach Nicky wants us to run. And if it's an open three, we're going to take it. I don't think we're – we don't want to live and die by the three, but – Jamie, Sarah, they were really on, and that's what we wanted to keep going with. Any more questions for the student-athletes? Caitlin, obviously they had the size advantage inside. How difficult was it inside with all of that size and how physical they were? Oof. Um, <clears throat> I don't think we've ever really been the bigger team this year, at <laughs> least at guard play, ever. So we're pretty used to uh, that. I think Big 12 has has some – pretty big post. So it's, you know, usually a lot of teams will have a traditional post um, and then have kind of like more of a forward where you had Griffin out there that could kind of go in and out or you had um, Ducharme, you know, like people that can play both. Uh, so I think for us, it was it was making sure they didn't get early looks. Um, I think they got a couple, but a lot of the time their posts are really good running in transition. They're really good at sealing. Um, I don't think we gave them a ton of post to post looks, which is something we kind of went over. Um, but I think they, they just had so many more paint touches than us, whether it was guards, posts, um, and they were so effective doing that against us, and that's usually what we're really good at, and unfortunately they, they just did that better than us. Uh, if both of you want to address this, you can, or either of you, but just what do you kind of take from this season and this experience, the second year with, um, with Coach, and um, what do you kind of – think will stick with you the most out of this year? You want to go first? <laughs> you got it. Oof. I'm going to get emotional if I answer this question. You should go first. Um, <laughs> having faith, I think, one, playing for a God-fearing coach is one of the best things I can say for this organization. That's one. And two, just embracing the moment we're in. I think we have been doubted the whole season, the past two years since she's been here. And I think it's just all we have is ourselves. And I think that's something that we've realized and that we've really wanted to just stick with. 
All we have is our coach likes to say, don't point our guns at each other, but point at the other team, just simply because all we have is each other. If we're together, that's all we need. So I think it's just sticking together as a family through the ups and the downs and just having faith in our coaching staff and our teammates and just embracing the moment that we're in. For sure. Uh, obviously, I was here in the Coach Kim Mulkey era, so it was just very different. Um, and I'm glad I stayed, and I'm glad that I got the opportunity to be coached by her. Oof. Sorry. Emotional person. Um, but, yeah, it was fun. You know, I think last year uh, we still had a very similar team. This year we, we got the chance to get a lot of new players. We went through a ton of obstacles that we didn't think we were going to have to face. Um, I could tell you no, no top, like, Power 5 conference team. I feel like that's – pretty successful is playing two freshmen. Um, props to them. They're going to be incredible players. Um, and so many people had to step up this year. You know, we had an All-American last year that was probably averaging 25 to 30 points a game, was getting a double-double every single game. You know, we ran pretty much a lot of offense around her. Like, a lot of plays we did were for her. Um, and this year, so many different players, like Jamie, Sarah, Jade, and me, all of us had to had to step up and make a team effort. So um, I think, like she said, it's just it was always us against the world mindset for us this year. Thank you, ladies. That was Coach Nikki Collin following the loss to UConn much closer, honestly, much closer than the score indicated. Um, and man, I just I'm proud. I'm so proud of that team. So proud of the coaching staff and what they did this season. Um, and, and went toe to toe with UConn. Truly went toe to toe with UConn up until the last five minutes, and still didn't give up even when things were out of reach. Thank you all for not giving up on Locked On Baylor today and sticking around to the very end. This has been always will be. Come back tomorrow. We'll be talking about the men's basketball team and the collapse. Was it a collapse? What was it? How do we label this season? When we look back at the 2023 season, what will they say about Baylor men's basketball and this whole one and done thing? What do we do about it? This has been Always Will Be. Come back tomorrow. I'll see you then. Locked on. Thanks for making it your first listen every single day. Baylor.